Uh, so I'm going to talk about labor protests in Egypt, in particular about worker strikes um, as the background against which the unprecedented uh, mobilizations that toppled Hosni Mubarak's presidency have taken place. Between 2004 and 2010, two million workers have voiced their grievances through strikes, sit-ins, and other forms of protest uh, to denounce uh, poor living conditions caused by the erosion of wages, rising inflation, and precarious employment. Uh, so I'm going to, to talk uh, on, about this protest based on an ethnographic study of two textile companies uh, from the Nile Delta region, and it's an ethnographic research I conducted from 2008 to 2010 in the city of Mahala El Kubra and Shibin El Kom as part of my doctoral research. Uh, just to say two words about these uh, factories, uh, I guess most of you are familiar with, uh, with um, the factory uh, Mr. Lindsay-Lazbo and Masig in, in Mahala, um, which is a public firm, uh, the largest textile company in Egypt, uh, with two, 22,000 workers and a history of labor activism dating back to the 1930s. So I'm going to refer to strikes that have been taking place in December 2006, in uh, September 2007 during Ramadan, and also um, uh, the 6th of April uh, protest in, in 2008. Uh, Razli Shibin. Uh, in the city of Shibinekom is a spinning and weaving company that was privatized in 2007 and sold to a multinational firm uh, from Indonesia called Indorama. And uh, until it was privatized in 2007, the firm didn't have a history of activism. Uh, it's when the company was privatized that um, trouble started, or at least that uh, labor action became a, a trend or prominent in the company. Uh, so, my argument is that labor action provides a, a heuristic for understanding a, a political culture in Egypt that increasingly has been based on, on what I call the politics of visibility, to mean relying on overt uh, protests to cause uh, people's grievances. Uh, the other point I, I'll, I'll make is that labor actions um, do not take place in a vacuum. Uh, political parties and opposition groups uh, do, not do not have strong ties to industrial workers, and the trade union federation has never been representative of workers' interests. Uh, its role was more to repress workers' uh, protests rather than represent them. So in this context, we may ask how these uh, protests, how these strikes are organized, and to answer this question, I'm, I'm going to focus on on what I think are the main uh, features of, of labor protests. So first to start with um, with this change in, in the political culture of, of protests, uh, the politics of visibility. Uh, studies of urban and rural uh, subalterns in the global south have contributed to, to the broadening of the definition of political participation. And much of the emphasis has been placed on everyday forms of resistance meaning ordinary behaviors and tactics that marginal and poor people resort to in order to respond to domination. And, um, and they have shown that these behaviors led to non-collective and planned direct action on an everyday basis. For example, Asif Bayat wrote, I quote, the repressive policy of the state renders individual, quiet, and hidden mobilization 
a more viable strategy than open collective protests. Under such conditions, collective and open direct action takes place only at exceptional conjectures. Diane Singerman uh, made a similar point, uh, for example, focusing on the siege of Imbaba in 1992 in Egypt, she showed that informality provokes more visible, organized social and political movements, but only in exceptional circumstances. Uh, so this literature, I, I made a major contribution to our understanding of political participation, but labor protests over the past decade in Egypt have shown that the boundaries between overt and hidden mobilization are, are very blurry because they coexist and complement each other. So in the case of workers, uh, I'm focusing on they strike, they demonstrate, they use these overt repertoires, but they also resort to these everyday practices, they have their meters, they organize locally to compensate for the shortage of public services, whether it's to compensate for a shortage of water supply or to pave the streets, etc. So over the past decade, uh, protests, uh, labor protests have involved the broad range of, of Egyptians. Uh, we've seen industrial workers, but also medical doctors, university professors, tax collectors, garbage collectors, and so on. Um, protesting uh, their working conditions. And they've shown that there's a need to be outspoken, to be heard, uh, using repertoires that made their claims extremely visible in the public sphere, and, in, and the purpose is to put pressure on the state to address these issues directly. I mean, I don't have time to talk about it, but we could look at, at how the media, and particularly the recent press, uh, with the, the rise of the private press, has played a role in making this protest uh, visible. We've also seen pictures and videos of the Mahala workers uh, during the Ramadan sitting in September 2007. So protests become a, a performance that needs to be visible. And I think this shift whereby protest becomes a form of action widespread among Egyptians and across Egypt is critical to understand how Egyptians took um, the streets in, in February last year because it's part of a process that's been building over the past decade. So about, about these labor protests that have been taking place, what are their characteristics and what is so significant? So I'm going to, to mention a few, a few points here. The first one, as I, as I mentioned in the introduction, is that this process has been happening without the involvement of the trade union. The trade union structures, the Egyptian Trade Union Federation, as I said, as doesn't represent a worker's interest. Um, but political parties or groups haven't been involved in this protest. Leftist and Nasserist uh, political parties used to have a, a more prominent role in, in labor action in the 80s, for example, because strike leaders were members of the Tagamo or the Communist Party. But this is not the case for, for the, the protests that have been taking place since uh, the early 2000s. The left is discredited, while the Muslim Brothers have also been marginal actors in workers' protests. I mean, as one of the, um, the leaders of, of the Muslim Brothers in, in the Arabia Governorate, which is where the city of Mahala is, is located, uh, this leader said that, uh, that the Brothers' position is corporatist, meaning that workers in the organization support workers' strikes medical doctors do the same thing with doctors' uh, protests, etc. So it's seen as, as corporatist and separated within the organization. 
and the leadership of the brothers is not willing to mobilize the organization in support of workers' sexual grievances. And in this context, there's been a tension between the lack of organizations belonging to the formal framework of the political field and the use of modes of protest that have been intimately associated with these organizations. But the idea that there are no leaders that strikes are merely spontaneous would be misleading. Because they are not members of political parties, um, strike leaders or workers who have been more active in organizing strikes are called among the factories by, by their colleagues, natural leaders, uh, which mean, but it doesn't mean that this is spontaneous. For example, in Mahala, trade union elections took place in 2006, November 2006. The level of fraud uh, was reported by a number of organizations as particularly high. And some of the candidates, workers, uh, candidates who were defeated because of the fraud played a leading role uh, during the strike that was organized in December 2006. So they took steps uh, following the, uh, the elections to demonstrate uh, workers' lack of confidence in the, in the trade union, thank you, in the trade union um, section in, in the company. The strike enabled them to get, uh, either gain or consolidate a political role inside the company, one that was competing with the role of the trade union uh, is supposed to play. The same thing happened with the tax collectors. Kamala Bureta, the tax collectors leader, also stressed that the fraud during the election triggered the organization of the movement. So by taking position against labor action, the, trade, the official trade union federation became the symbol of the regime's corruption and led to initiatives to create independent union. So um, the tax collectors is, uh, is the most uh, significant example. It was established in, in December 2009 and was the first independent union in Egypt since 1957. Similar initiatives followed with more or less success, postal workers, education and administrative workers, health service technicians. Initiatives were undertaken to challenge the state control union. They have been relying on a narrative that denounces corruption and bad management. And it contributed in, in some ways in the origin of some of the pillars of the, of the regime. This is not a very new phenomenon because we've seen um, moments where the, the workers and, and, and protesters, workers protest have challenged the, the official union. But the scale is much more important than what happened in the 1980s. And the main shift is that changes can't happen from inside the union as a concurrent organization had to be created. But the issue of autonomy is complex because the relationship between workers and the state still carries the legacy of, of the so-called moral economy, according which workers expect the state to maintain their standard of living. And strikes are directed towards state decision makers rather than towards the, the company management, although they denounce the corruption of the company management. Um, the state media also has been instrumental for workers in reaching out decision makers. Obviously, the press, the private press, was indeed important to cover the protest and publish and publicize workers' action, but ultimately the state media was considered by workers as a tool that was important to engage 
uh, and reach out to the regime. So I think we shouldn't undermine and overlook the relationship that workers had with the state media, how it was important for them that the state media covered the, the strikes. And in Chibin, um, the factory that was privatized and in other uh, privatized companies, protesters asked for the company to be renationals, which was a response to the withdrawal of the state from the company and for many aspects of, of workers' life. Because privatization transforms the relationship to authority within and outside the company, uh, within and outside the company. And, uh, and what I think has been significant is the economic policies that have been implemented over the, the, since the past, over the past 15 years, let's say, that divisions between employees, the Mosafin, and workers, the Orman, are no longer prevalent in today's factory. The split used structure, um, the, the structure of work relations and benefits that these people were entitled to. But today, for example, Egyptian workers, for instance, they don't necessarily receive better salaries than workers. And like them, they struggle to make their needs. A new system of employment status has replaced these old divisions with the privatization of state-owned companies. And in 2003, a reform of the labor legislation was introduced, which created a new category of workers on short-term contracts, the Moab Katun. And this new category as, uh, as right reason in, in public and privatized companies. So this division between is more now between permanent workers, the mitzabitin, and these short-term workers. And these transformations have, um, have really impacted on class relations, because in this context, it's difficult for these short-term workers and these permanent workers to reconcile their demands, uh, because they face very different work conditions Temporary workers are not entitled to the same bonuses, premiums, incentives, health insurance, retirement scheme, and, and so on that permanent workers and employees receive. And that was a quite interesting feature that I, I, I was able to see in Chibin, in this privatized company. Um, because when short-term uh, uh, workers on short-term contracts went on strike, the permanent workers wouldn't see that their uh, grievances would, uh, would be similar. So to conclude, I'd just like to say that it could be tempting now to, to have a teleological reading of labor protests uh, retrospectively. Uh, labor grievances have been symptomatic of the casualization that many Egyptians have been experiences, experiencing. They showed the effect of the economic policies implemented by the government of Ahmed Nazif uh, starting from July 2004. And their impact has been really crucial in voicing publicly people's grievances and making them visible. But there's been a challenge for labor protests to exist as a coordinated movement. Workers in Shibila and Mahala and in other companies haven't really identified with other companies and strikes. Um, and strikes have been therefore very localized and atomized. And even within the same company in Shibin, for example, um, I could you could have a strike in a production unit and not across the company uh, because the, the, the strikes in, in, this, in a specific mill were uh, related to a conflict with supervisor or, or um, wage uh, 
a conflict over wage in, in the specific production unit. The 6th of April uh, 2008, and, uh, and even this year in February, um, there's been difficulty for, for um, activists to organize strikes, labor strikes at the national level. And I think there's a contradiction between the role that labor protests have played over the past decade in transforming the culture of protest across the country and the fact that workers' protests have remained fragmented and localized. And this is in part due to the absence of a representative union, which is still an issue in today's agenda. Thank you very much indeed.